0: Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and thank you for listening to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. Today, you are listening to Pastor Stephen's sermon out of Proverbs chapter 31, called A Proverbs 31 Lady. So this pink jacket hangs in my closet. I pull it out once a year to wear it. And for those of you who have already made smart alec comments, don't be jealous. Don't be hating. Okay. This is in honor of all our ladies today. If you have a Bible, open it up. I know your Bible naturally is going to fall open to the book of Romans. Don't go there. Go to Proverbs 31. We're going to take a step out from our verse-by-verse study through the book of Romans. We've been in it now for about 34 weeks. It's called a life transformation. But today, I want us to look at... A Proverbs 31 lady. A Proverbs 31 lady. We're going to see some great words of wisdom in Proverbs 31 from a mother. Now, I ran across this a while back. These are famous, or these are quotes from famous women. Uh, Whether they're famous or not, I don't know. you be the judge of that. But maybe you can identify with some of these quotes Irma Bombeck. Here's what she said one time. Never lend your car to anyone of whom you've given birth to. (laughs) Roseanne Barr. Mm. Bet you never thought you'd hear a quote from her in church. She said, I'm not going to vacuum the house until Sears makes one that you can ride on. Dolly Parton. She said, "I'm not offended by all the dumb blonde jokes. First of all, I'm not blonde." <laughs> well, no, that's not what she said. She said, "First of all, I'm not dumb, and by the way, I'm not blonde." It kind of, kind of messed that one up, right? Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher said this in politics: "If you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman." And then that really, really spiritual giant, Zsa Zsa Gabor. She said, I'm a marvelous housekeeper. Every time I leave a husband, I keep his house. (laughs) I don't know if those are words of wisdom or not. But today, we are going to look at words of wisdom that talk about a difference. A difference. Now, I think we would all agree that there are differences between men and women, that God has created us In ways that are different Um, there was a little girl who uh, went to Sunday school one Sunday and the teacher was teaching on creation and was teaching on Adam and Eve and she came home and her parents asked her what'd you learn today in Sunday school and she said well I learned that God created man and God looked at man and God said I can do better than that and he created woman Yeah, the difference today that we're going to talk about, not the difference between women and men, we're going to talk about the difference between being a woman and being a lady. Specifically, a Proverbs 31 lady. What is the difference between a woman and a lady? Every lady is a woman, but not every woman is a lady. And especially a Proverbs 31 lady. And ladies, I get this. I get that we look at Proverbs 31 and it's easy to say there's no way that I could ever match up to that. There's no way that I could ever live that way. The description, a lot of ladies, when they read Proverbs 31, they get so discouraged because they think that the standard that it gives in Proverbs 31 is big, it's really too high of a standard. Well, in order for us to understand Proverbs 31, we've got to look at the very first verse of Proverbs 31. Look there with me, Proverbs 31. It says, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. Most of the book of Proverbs is written by Solomon. We know a lot about Solomon, but who's this Lemuel guy? We really don't know anything about him, but these aren't even his words of wisdom. These are words that his mother gave him. Mom's picture with me, if you can, you conveying to your son the kind of woman that he should marry. That's what's happening right here. She is saying, Lemuel, listen, this is the kind of lady that you want. This is the kind of lady that honors God. This is the kind of lady that is an example to all. And so this is the mother's opinion. The kind of woman that he should be looking for. I commend Lemuel's mom for giving her son instructions on what kind of woman he should be looking for. So parents, let me just say this. You ought to be teaching your children the kind of person that they should be looking for in a potential mate. If you never do that, do not be surprised when he or she brings home a real jerk. Teach them. You say, what is it that we can learn from Proverbs 31 about being a Proverbs 31 lady a few things. We don't have a lot of time, but I'll share a few of them First of all, I want us to look at her connections What are the connections of this Proverbs 31 lady's life now? We could deal with a lot of them But I want us to specifically look at four of her connections and when we use the word connections. How? Relationally is she connected to other people? first of all wife Look with me in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Verse 11. The heart of her husband safely trust her. So he will have no lack of gain. Verse 12. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now skip down to verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Means he's respected. Look down in verse 28. Her husband praises her. Now, I get that not every Proverbs 31 lady is a wife. I understand that. Some are single ladies. But if you're married here today, you can learn from the qualities of this Proverbs 31 life and wife. First of all, she's more valuable than precious stones. Men, if you've got a Proverbs 31 wife... She's more valuable than gold. She's more valuable than silver. She's more valuable than diamonds. She's more valuable than precious stones. Maybe they didn't understand what I was saying, ladies. I'll rephrase it, men. Men, if you've got a Proverbs 31 wife, she's better than a good hunting dog. She's better than the best fishing boat you've ever had. She's better than a hot steak. She is better than a straight putter. There you go, guys. She is worthy. She is far above everything. He says here, more precious than stones it says that this kind of wife is good for her husband she brings him good not harm wives did you know this you have the ability to either build your husband up or tear him down a proverbs 31 woman only brings him good And because of this, the scripture says her husband's respected. That other guys are like, oh my goodness, man, you've got a good wife. Your wife is so, she's so good to you. And he's respected among them. I'm just saying a great wife can make the difference whether or not a man succeeds in life. And guys, you're not off the hook. Notice here, a Proverbs 31 woman, wife, has a husband that compliments and praises her. You say, well, I told her I loved her on the day that I married her. I'll tell her I love her on the day that I die. Come on, guys. You ought to praise her because she's worthy of your adoration. Someone has once said this, behind every successful man... Is a surprise mother in law. <laughs> right, isn't that true? A few years ago, this is a true story. There was a man who was the uh, president of a large insurance company, and his wife, and he were on a trip. They stopped at a gas station to fill up. And, uh, you know, they went to the restroom. And the husband was in the restroom. He came out and his wife was there. She was talking to the guy working at the gas station. And they got in the car and he's like, hey, what's the deal? Who are you talking to? And she goes, you're not going to believe this. He, he and I grew up together. We were, we were teenagers at the same school. Matter of fact, when we were in high school, we even dated each other. And the guy who was the president of the insurance company said, Oh, so if you'd married him, you'd be married to a husband who's not the president of an insurance company, but who works in a gas station. And she said, no. If I'd married him, he'd be the president of a large insurance company, and you'd be pumping gas. Mm. It says that the heart of her husband safely trusts in her. Trust is one of the most valuable elements of a good marriage. One of the greatest things that any husband can say to his wife, and any wife can say to her husband, is I trust you. I don't need to know why you do things the way you do. I trust you. I don't have to know all the information. I don't have to figure you out. I trust you you. The first connection that she has is that of a wife, but then there's a second connection that it mentions here, mother. Look, look in verse 14. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Verse 15, she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. Here's the reward for being, for being a great mother. Down in verse 28, I want you to look at what it says. Her children rise up and call her blessed. I've been blessed with a great mother. Always made sure that my sisters and I were taken care of. The earliest memories that I have of my own mother would be waking up every morning, her sitting at the coffee table, or sorry sitting at the kitchen table, drinking coffee in one hand, reading her Bible with the other and it made such a powerful impact on me as a young boy i am also blessed to be married to a proverbs 31 mother who loves our kids provides for our kids made sure that they know that jesus is of the utmost importance in their lives in every single church that I've served over my 30 years of ministry, even though I haven't always necessarily asked for it, there have been some women who've decided to be my surrogate mom. And I'm thankful for that. Some of you feel that role right now. I'm thankful for that. And so today, I stand up and I call you blessed. You indeed are blessed. Because being a mom is not an easy job. It's a hard gig. Being a mother can be extremely tough. I heard about this one mom. She had three kids under the age of four. I know, just in case you think that's something. Remember, we just said Catherine now has four under the age of four. She has three under the age of four, and so she's like, man, I can't get any rest whatsoever. I-, I can't get any peace and quiet. These kids, they always want something, you know, and somebody suggested, buy a playpen. And so she bought a playpen. They asked her, how's it going now? She goes, it's great. I should have done this a long time ago. Every afternoon from two to four, I climb into the playpen, <laughs> and the kids can't even get near me. Being a mom is extremely tough and hard. And mothers, I would just suggest to you this morning, don't judge what your children say about you when they're teenagers. Why? Number one, they're dumb. (laughs) It's like they get a lobotomy at the age of 12, and maybe in their late 20s, they plug their brain back in. For some, it's later in life. But seriously, though, don't judge what they say about you when they're teenagers. No, 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 no. That's where this promise comes in later in life. Then when they come back to their senses and they start plugging their brains in again, You know here's what they say. You know when I left the house when I graduated from high school I thought my parents were the dumbest people in the world And then after I went to college and graduated I came back home and I'm like man They've gotten a lot smarter in the time that I've been gone (laughs) No When they grow up that's when the promise is given that they'll rise up and call you blessed So she connects as a wife and as a mother But then, third, and this applies to all, a friend. A friend. Look there with me in verse 20. In verse 20, it says, She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is a friend. What is a friend? A friend is someone who is there for you when you have a need. A friend is someone who walks in when everyone else is walking out. That here is a woman, a Proverbs 31 woman, lady, who looks around and she sees the poor people and she sees needy people and she's willing to be a friend. But notice here, it doesn't say that she buys food for the hungry or clothes for the needy. What does it say? She gives herself. It says right here in this passage of Scripture that she opens her arms She embraces those who are hurting. She embraces those who are poor and those that are needy. You know what I found, friend? And listen, this just doesn't have to be the result of living during a pandemic time. This was true even before the pandemic. One of the greatest needs that we find in our world today is someone to come along and put their arms around them and say, I just want you to know I love you and I'm here. I love you and I'm here. I'm your friend. Do you have somebody in your life that today you just need to do that? Hey, I'm here. No matter what may happen, I'm your friend. But then there's a fourth connection and that is worker. Look in verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Look down in verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. Verse 17, she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. Verse 18, she perceives her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. Skip down to verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Now it's interesting here that there are six verses here that talk about this woman's business acumen. Let's see, let's see what is she doing here. It says that she's able to purchase raw material. She's giving assignments to their workers or their servants. She's in the real estate business and also the commercial agriculture business because she considers a field. Here's what this means, that she's smart enough to determine what fair market value is for an appraisal She buys it. She's got to have some operating capital because she has some other investments. It says there, out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Here's what it means. She is a diligent worker. She makes a profit even if she works at night. What is it that she does with the wool and flax that she buys in verse 13? She makes linen garments, sashes. She sells that to the merchants. I mean, she's in the wholesale tapestry business. Ladies, do you understand why so many ladies read Proverbs 31 and they say, I can never do that. That is Wonder Woman. That is crazy. Who in their right mind could be the brilliant CEO of their own family of companies and also have time to be a great mom and a great wife? I'd say this. Only those who allow the power of the Holy Spirit of God to flow in and through them. Understand, he is not saying here in this passage, through the wisdom given by his mom, that this one size fits all. What he is saying is, do all that you do unto the glory of God that approach life this way. God, I don't want you to do something through me that I can take credit for, but instead, God, I want you to do something so supernatural, something so outside of who I am, that others will rise up and call me blessed, that others will tell my friends, you know what, man, your life is so good because they're in your life. I want you to do something that causes others to say, how has that change happened? only by the one true God. And for those who've made the choice to be full-time mothers and homemakers, I'd like to commend you for that choice. I believe there's no business more important than running a household and raising kids. And let me also say this, for those of you ladies who've chosen to work outside of the home, what can you learn from Proverbs 31? that God can still use you as a Proverbs 31 lady to plant light in darkness, to be salt in the decaying world. You say, what are you saying, pastor? I'm saying this, that whatever you do in life, surrender it to Jesus. Allow him to plant you wherever that may be. Again, whether it is a a homemaker or whether it is out in the workforce, whatever it may be, ladies, God has chosen to work in and through you to show others the goodness and the greatness and the unbelievable gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's what's happening here in this passage of Scripture. That you're called to be a godly lady as you are a Proverbs 31 lady but then we also notice her character. It's not just the connections that she has with people, it's her character. We know that connections are based upon relationally other individuals. A person's abilities have to do with what they can do, but when you look below the surface, you discover what? You discover the most about a person as you examine their character. Hear me, you can buy an education. You can can buy cosmetics and clothes. But ladies, you can't buy character. Character only comes from God. I want you to notice three things about this Proverbs 31 woman's, or lady's character this morning. First of all, let's look at her outward character. Her outward character. Look in verse 25. In verse 25 it says strength and honor are her clothing. Now, the first thing we notice here when you look at this Proverbs 31 lady is that she is clothed with strength and dignity. It means this, guys. It means that strength and dignity are so natural to her, she wears them like a well-fitting garment, like a well-fitting dress. It means that even though they begin on the inside, they are evident to everyone else on the outside, in the way that she handles herself, in the way that she speaks, in the way that she acts, in the way that she relates to other individuals. When it speaks of the strength here, it's not talking about a physical strength. It is referring to a woman's strength when it comes to her character. Her strength to maintain her moral purity. Her strength to stand up under the stress of life. To stand under the demands of life. Here's what it means. It means that she has she has morality and dignity about her that is different from those that don't know Jesus. I know all across our campuses and our services today, I know of women that have experienced the death of a husband who took care of every detail of their life and now. That he is gone. They have had the strength to carry on. That they said, I don't know how I'm going to make it without them. Yet through the power and the help of the Holy Spirit of God they have. And we have watched. We have watched, ladies, not only as you have made it, but we have watched for the example that you have set for us That even though difficulties come in life, even though there are stressors that we don't plan, even though we now find ourselves in a different season of life, and we're having to take a leadership role in areas that we never have before, we'll still honor Christ with that. And as a church, we've watched that. Not only have our young ladies watched that, but also every part of this faith family. And so today, we stand and we call you blessed. Today, we honor you, widows for how you honor Christ in your life. Church, let's show them today our appreciation for the example that they set. And I know of women who have been deserted by sorry men. And that's the kindest, that's the kindest way I can describe them. Maybe if you want to talk to me in the parking lot, I'll use another term. But I know of some women that have been deserted by sorry men, leaving them with no money and children. And these women have been, through the help of the Holy Spirit of God, they've been resilient to carry on. And that's the kind of strength that it's talking about. And we've watched you as you've carried on. We've watched you as through your tears you've clung to Jesus Christ. We've watched you as you have had to step in, in that spiritual leadership role that that, that really has been commissioned to the father, that has been commissioned to the husband, yet we've watched you step in and you've not missed a beat and you've made sure those kids are in church. You've made sure those kids understand that Jesus loves them. You are faithful in that. You're honoring him with the single life that you have now. And so today as your church family, we call you blessed. Show your appreciation to these ladies, church. that's the kind of strength that he's talking about here but she's also clothed with dignity the word there for dignity is a word that means worthy it is a picture of a woman that holds her head high no matter the circumstances and the way she is able to hold her head high has nothing to do with her it has everything to do with who is in and through her jesus christ And we would say that she has class. She's graceful in all that she's done because she has been extended great grace by the grace giver. And I look around the women that we exalt today in our society. I look around at the women who are on the magazine covers. And I gotta be honest with you. We may use a lot of words, grace and dignity. Those are not two of them. That we look around today and we have in our room, in our presence today, a lot of young ladies, a lot of single ladies, a lot of ladies that are sitting there and they're being told by the world, hey, listen, listen, it's all about the outside. you got to focus on the outside so that you might entice. You've got to make yourself to where he'll be enticed so that he'll be in your life. If you want to make yourself uh, something, then you know what? Follow the example of these women that have been exalted. Friend, I want to tell you, there are women today that have spent a great deal of money and a great deal of time uh, creating within their outward appearance things that will be left here on this earth when these bodies are snatched out of here. The greatest success, ladies, that you'll ever have is falling more in love with Jesus Christ and allowing him to transform you and do something through you that is not of this world. And we have ladies in this church that are wonderful examples. You'll not see their face on a magazine cover. You'll not see their face saying, oh, look at how they made it because a private tape was released and now they're making billions. but they'll be faithful and they love Jesus and our church and our community and our world will never be the same because they're classy and they're dignified and they're moral because they love Jesus and so that's the outward but then secondly look at the inward verse 25 she shall rejoice in time to come Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. I love those two descriptions there of a Proverbs 31 lady because she has a cheerful personality. It means that she can laugh. You say, is that important? Absolutely it's important because we all know, every one of us, men and women who have seemed to have undergone a humor, a humor bypass surgery. And they never smile, and there's never any joy whatsoever. They have no sense of humor. Yet here is a lady that has this positive, cheerful outlook on life, and she can laugh. She also has hope. How do we know she has hope? Look at what it says there. She can rejoice at the days to come. Here's what that means. It means that when she thinks about the future, she doesn't have to worry. It means that when she thinks about the future, she doesn't have to fret. Why? Because even though she doesn't know what the future holds, as we say, she knows who holds the future. Her joy is found in the one that gives tomorrow. And so there's joy that's just exuding out of her to where other people will say, my goodness, how can you be so positive? How can you be so happy? How can you be so hopeful? I know where you've walked. The problem is, they don't know the one that controls the steps of her walk. Next, she speaks with wisdom. Do you know some of the greatest teachers in the history of the world have been mothers? God has given mothers a supernatural wisdom that few others have. Do you guys remember the valuable, important lessons that your mother taught you? How many in this room would say, My goodness, if it weren't for my mom's wisdom, I wouldn't even be here today? Yeah, all of us, right? Where did it begin? Don't touch the stove. And then some of you had such a streak of rebellion about you, you have a scar today. Because you dared to do what mom said don't do. Great words of wisdom. I ran across this a while back. This is an actual interview that happened many years ago with President Dwight D. Eisenhower. They once asked him this, who is the greatest man that you ever met? And here's how he replied, the greatest person I ever met was not a man, it was a woman. And it was my mother. She never had much schooling, but she was wise in God's wisdom. She went to school with one of the greatest books of all time, the Bible. And here's what he said. He said, one time when I was a boy, my brothers and I, we were playing a card game with my mother. And a hand of cards were dealt by my mother. And I remember that this night, she dealt me an utterly impossible hand. And I began to complain about it. I began to gripe about it. And he said that his mother said, boys, put your cards down. I want to tell you something, and especially you, Dwight, I want you to learn something. She said, you're playing a game in your home with your mother under loving circumstances. We all love each other here, and I have dealt you a a bad hand. She said, now, when you get out into life where they don't love you so much, you're going to be dealt many a bad hand. What are you gonna do? And here's what she said. You're gonna pray to God. You're gonna trust God. And like a man, you're gonna play out the hand that's dealt to you. And President Eisenhower later said, it's one of the wisest lessons I ever learned. And I learned it from my mom. And so many women today are only focusing on developing the outer beauty. There are so many out there that promote beauty and fashion. And sometimes, ladies, I can only imagine it must seem overwhelming. Well, Proverbs 31 speaks of another kind of beauty, and that is inner beauty. Inner beauty. Here's what we know about outer beauty. If you live long enough. It's going to fade. You can spend all the money in the world. You can paint yourself up to look like a clown. But sooner or later, outer beauty will fade. I was looking just yesterday at a picture of me from 20 years ago. You think I'm good looking now. You should have seen me 20 years ago. (laughs) Beauty fades, folks. Outward beauty does not inward beauty. I want to listen to what the Bible says about this. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 3 and 4. And a lot of folks have pulled this out of context. We'll talk about this. We'll try to finish this up in just a hurry. First of all, he says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Now there are some folks that have come along and said, see, as a result of this verse, that means, ladies, you ought not wear jewelry, you ought not put on makeup, you know, you ought not cut your hair, you shouldn't wear pants or anything along those lines. That's not what the verse is saying. Contextually, it is saying this, do not exalt outward beauty above inner beauty. Understand that the most important is not having an outward appearance change, it's having a heart change. May your first and... And most pursuit you have in your life be that of being transformed into the very image of Jesus Christ. Now, we know that God is not, you know, his desire, his concern is not to make you look like a 30-year-old Jewish man. No, he's transforming your heart. He's changing the inward into the very image of Jesus, which leads us to the last bit of character, and that's the spiritual. Look what he says in verse 29. And you guys have listened. Pretty good. Verse 29. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Mm. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Man, that's good. 31. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. The Hebrew word, therefore, charm, it literally means bodily form. It means you can be deceived by the outward appearance of a woman, but not the inner and spiritual. A woman who fears the Lord has an advantage over everyone else. And this lady, she occupies a position of honor and blessing that age and appearance cannot take away. If anything, I would say it enhances. And the Bible says that we ought to give her the praise that she deserves. Where are the Proverbs 31 ladies? I'll tell you where they are. They're sitting, many of them, right here on the floor. I see I see several in stadium seating in every single section of this big old room. I live with the Proverbs 31 lady, and so do many of you. And so the scripture says, let's make sure, these women that fear the Lord, let's make sure that we give them the praise they deserve. And ladies, let me say this as we close this morning. When you express your desire to God to be this kind of lady, then he gives you the power to become more than you ever could on your own. He'll take you and he'll break you and he'll bless you and he'll multiply you. And many of you men today are sitting next to a Proverbs 31 lady. Many of you, many of you young men and you young women have mothers that are Proverbs 31 ladies. Be sure to give her the praise that she deserves. Go home today and say, Mom, thank you for first and foremost being the kind of woman that fears the Lord. Thank you that you're a Proverbs 31 lady. If she says, I don't know what a Proverbs 31 lady is, open up the word of God. Here's what it is. Some of you don't even have to wait till you get home. You can do it in the parking lot. The Bible says that they are blessed. That this is what God exalts. This is what God says is important. Now, A few weeks ago, Jennifer and I were in Cincinnati and I was up there training some pastors and we got to visit with our church planters, the Kirklands. And, uh, and there was a, a little gift shop in the hotel that we were staying in and stuff and down there one day looking around and there was a pillow there. And, and, and maybe you've seen this before, but here's what it said on the pillow. God is not everywhere. That's why he created mothers. Now, you do know theologically that is completely incorrect. (laughs) Biblically, that is wrong. God is everywhere. He's ever-present. He is all-knowing. I mean, you may even have one of those pillows at your home. I'm not saying go home today, drag it on the back porch, and set it on fire. I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm not saying that, okay? Okay. I'm just saying, understand, that is not correct. While we thank God for godly mothers, they were never meant to replace God because they can't. He is the only one that is everywhere. Matter of fact, do you know he's in this place today? And you know what else about him? Not only is he ever-present, not only is he all-knowing, which is crazy about the all-knowing, because here's what the Scripture says. The Scripture says that we can hide the true us from everyone else, but we can't hide it from him because he knows our thoughts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And some of you are like, I know myself and I'm not good. He knows you better. Yet because of who he is. He still loves you. And he still extends a hand of grace and a hand of mercy, and he's still he's still able to save. You say, "save, I didn't even know I needed to be saved. What do I need to be saved from? You see, the Bible says this. The Bible says that we are all sinners. Some have big piles of sin in their life. Some have little bitty heels. But if you have sinned, you have been separated from God. And let me save you some time trying to figure it out. You've sinned. You need to be saved from your own sin, which is separation from God. And your mom, a Proverbs 31 lady, they can't do it. If there was such a thing as a Proverbs 31 man, he wouldn't be able to do it either. There's only ever been one man who walked this earth with flesh like you and I who faced every temptation that you and I face and yet he did not sin and that was Jesus. That's the reason why he was able to pay the price for our sins because he never sinned. And so today, he knows all, he sees all, he's in tomorrow before we ever even write it down. And he loves and he offers salvation to you. So today you may have come here to honor your mom. You may have come here to support someone that was dedicating their baby. But friend, I'm telling you, God had a bigger plan. And that plan is that you would come here, hear me talk about women for a while. And then hear me give the greatest appeal that could ever be given that I can't give. Only Jesus can. And it's this. Come to me and I'll save you from yourself. And he'll do that. He died and took our place. The greatest gift that you could ever receive. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida. We would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highlandpark.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow Him, prayers or that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.